Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Anchorage, Alaska with my new friend Chris Lundgren, the author of Accidental Avengers Alaska, True Tales of Ordinary People Facing Danger in the Wilderness. Chris moved to Anchorage 25 years ago for a job and has been there ever since. She loves its natural beauty and the opportunity to play in the outdoors. In this episode, we talk about the 20 hours of sunshine during the summer solstice, driving the Seaward Highway, and seeing moose at Kincaid Park, about these three incredible attractions and so much more. If you know someone that wants to visit Alaska, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Anchorage. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Don't you just hate waiting in line for security at the airport? Me too. Even the pre-check lines are slammed most of the time today. That's why I use Clear to skip the lines and get to my flight quicker. For my listeners, I've actually worked out a special deal where you can try Clear for free for two months. This is a limited time offer, so go to wetravelthere.com forward slash clear to sign up today. Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Lee. Absolutely. So today we're talking about Anchorage, Alaska, and I've been to Alaska once back in college, and it was such a magical place, and I know that it's a very popular tourist destination for like a lot of cruises up the coast and everything. And so it's such a pleasure to have you on to talk about Anchorage and all the fun things to do while we're there. Thanks. I'm thrilled to be here. So uh, what's your connection to the city? Well, I've lived here for 25 years, moved up here with my husband. He accepted a job up here, and, and that was just a dream of ours. We, we never imagined we could actually live up here. So um, we've been up here. We raised our family here, and we just have been playing in the outdoors every chance we get. Oh, that's so awesome. And right now we're recording during the summertime. And so we're getting right to that peak time where it, like the sun almost never sets, right? That's right. At summer solstice, it's about 20 hours of daylight, official daylight. And then nighttime is really just twilight. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. When I was there, I actually went to Fairbanks and it like, it threw me off because you know, like normally it's nighttime, it's starting to get dark. You're like, okay, getting a little sleepy and everything else. But when you're there and the sun just never really sets, you're like, <laughs> it's almost like Vegas. Like, I, I don't know when to go to sleep. That's a great analogy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've been there for a little bit more than a couple of decades. Uh, if you had to describe the the people or the city in, in a couple of words, how would you do that? Well, I'd have to say resourceful. I mean, that is such a great word to describe Alaskans. Our homesteaders came up here with barely anything and, and were able to literally carve their homes out of the wilderness. Alaska has only been a state since 1959. So when we moved up here, I was able to talk to a lot of the homesteaders, the original people who moved here and, and hear their stories. And they were amazingly resourceful. Just the skills that they were able to teach themselves to be able to build these log homes and, as I said, just carve a life out of the wilderness. It's, it's incredible. And we also had a pretty big earthquake in 2018. We found that the ability to rebuild and to repair damaged roads, it, it happened so quickly. And I think everybody was really amazed by you know, the resilience and the resourcefulness of, of the people who live and work here. Oh, that's fantastic. When I went there, it was 
it was like really such really good people that I that I met, and I was only there for a couple of days, but I had such a great time. And and I know a few people that have taken cruises, and they just remark about how beautiful like the landscape is, and I can imagine the, the glaciers and and all the snow and everything like that uh, along the coast just looks amazing. Oh, it is. And you said magical earlier, and that is the perfect word to describe Alaska. So speaking of like the magical and the weather and everything, what's the weather like throughout the year? <laughs> well, as you can imagine, it varies quite a bit. <laughs> At winter solstice, we have about five hours of official daylight and not really much more than that. So it gets light about 10 in the morning and it starts getting dark again. You can see hints of darkness at 3 by 334, you're really seeing the sun set. So that's a huge variation from the summertime. The winters tend to be cold, but we're also on the coast. So we get some coastal weather. I would say we generally get one big thaw every winter, which is disappointing for those of us who love our winter sports. But then the snow comes back. And I always say March is just the best winter month. I don't know if there's a reason for this, but we almost always have good snow in March and the daylight has started coming back. And so we get these semi-long days for winter and some of our most beautiful light is in March. So that's a, a fantastic winter month to come. And June is really my favorite summer month. Again, it's got summer solstice. So we have these uber long days. It seems like we have our best weather in March or in, excuse me, June for the summer. Of course, there are exceptions to that, but I would say overall, that's a, a pretty good time to come in the summer. And, and you really can't miss with anything between May and September as far as being able to get out and, and do stuff around here. Oh, fantastic. And like you mentioned, if March is like such a good month for like winter visits, is it still pretty cold then? Or like if somebody's coming at that time, what type of clothing should they, should they plan for? Well, really any time of year, people need to bring layers. March can be very cold. It's not necessarily a lot warmer than the other months, even though we're getting a little closer to summer. So I would say bring anything that you would expect to wear during the winter here, you know, definitely layers and make sure there's a heavy coat, you know, the hat, the really warm gloves, you know, long underwear is always a good thing. <laughs> And honestly, if someone's expecting to be outside for long periods of time, snow pants are really kind of a must. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So basically, I'm going to bring my snowboard gear with me, yes. but, maybe, but maybe not the snowboard itself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Although we do have some good skiing and snowboarding too, which we can talk about. Oh, sure. Sure. Okay. Now, people are coming up to, to visit. Anchorage is one of the bigger cities in the, in the state. So obviously, they're going to have a, a good airport there that people are going to fly in and out of, correct? Yes, we have the Ted Stevens International Airport, and you can get just about anywhere, of course, through hubs and that sort of thing. So it's that is the one that you would expect to fly in and out of. And then, say once we arrive at the airport, from there, do we rent a car? Is there public transportation? Like, how do we get around from the airport to the city and then, and then to some of the attractions? I hate to say it, but you really do need to rent a car. And we have all the major car rental places here. You can rent a car right at the airport. We do know people who have found little mom and pop <laughs> places to rent a car, and, and those have worked out just fine. But I would say someone can just come and plan to rent their car at the airport, and they should be fine. There are some other options, too, such as Turo and 
Of course, if someone wants to do rideshare, we've got Uber and Lyft and probably some others as well. Okay. Like I know from some of the research I've done, it seems like a lot of the attractions, they're not really compressed. Like they're in the same spot, so they're more spread out. And so based on that, like renting a car seems like it's probably the better option versus if you're always get, trying to get an Uber, especially if it's if you're there when it's some of the colder months, you might be out there waiting for a little while before the, the ride comes to pick you up. Yes, definitely. So that that makes a very strong case for for renting a car. And things really are sort of far flung. Even if you're coming just to Anchorage, you're going to end up going out of the city to see some of these places and attractions. Okay. And then if you're renting a car, then as far as parking, is it is it pretty easy to find parking? Is there a lot of pay parking? Yes, it's easy to find parking. We do, you know, all through Anchorage, we have metered parking, of course. There are a few open lots and a couple of structures. So I really never had a terrible time finding parking in Anchorage. And as I said, I've lived here for 25 years. So I, I think it's a safe bet. People can rent a car and, and park very easily. Okay, perfect. And then where should we look at staying? Are there certain parts of the city that maybe we should focus our search on? Or are there certain local hotels that you'd recommend? Yes, I would say staying in the downtown area is really probably the best because it's walkable. And my favorite places are the Captain Cook Hotel, which is a it's an old time Alaska hotel, sort of a dated elegance. It's very, <laughs> very Alaska. A lot of rooms, some nice restaurants in the Captain Cook, and you're just right in the middle of everything in downtown Anchorage. And then another one I really like is the Copper Whale Inn, which is, um, it's in an old house. And it's, again, it's right sort of in the middle of Anchorage. You can walk down to the coastal trail, which we can talk about. Both are pretty expensive. So, you know, of course, checking Airbnb and VRBO and other rental agencies like that would be beneficial. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm normally a big fan of, of like the brands, you know, like Hilton and Hyatt and Marriott and everything else, because you get kind of the, that consistency. But I think also when you're, when you're traveling to a lot of these destinations, ignoring those local boutique type of hotels that you get those one-off experiences. I think you're, you're kind of missing out if you're not, if you're just staying at the cookie cutters versus finding something that has a little bit more character, like those hotels you mentioned. I agree. Definitely. And I do have to say there is another one. It's called the Anchorage Hotel. And I haven't been in the rooms. I've just been in the lobby. Uh, But it's a charming hotel. Another one that's a little bit on the expensive side. But a really fun thing is that it's supposed to be haunted. And so there are lots of great stories around the hauntings of the Anchorage Hotel. Oh, that's really cool. Okay. So now we've got our hotel. We got our car. What are some of the attractions that we should hit while we're there in Anchorage? Well, in downtown Anchorage, my favorite attraction is called the Tony Knowles Coastal Trail. And that's just named after a former governor who was instrumental in getting this coastal trail put from 2nd and H Street downtown all the way, I think it's 11 miles to a beautiful wooded park called Kincaid Park. And that you can walk, you can run, and you can rent bikes, which is a pretty cheap and fun thing to do. Uh, there are a couple bike rental agencies right near the trailhead. That's my favorite thing in the city to do. And then within a pretty short drive are some other excellent kind of off the beaten track places that people need to go. My number one favorite is the Eagle River Nature Center. I live in Eagle River, which is Anchorage's only suburb. 
And um, it's not very suburban, but it's kind of a <laughs> suburb, and it's considered a suburb. The Eagle River Nature Center is about a 30-minute drive northeast of Anchorage. The views along the road, once you get off the main highway and you get onto the, the road leading to the center, it's just breathtaking. The, the road was reconstructed about 10 years ago just to maximize the views. And you can see the Eagle River. You're in a valley, the Eagle River Valley, so you're surrounded by mountains. And then once you get out there, you can use the trails anytime. You could take a trail about 25 miles through the mountains to get to a town called Girdwood. But there are a lot of shorter trails uh, right around the center. And you can go out onto a viewing deck, onto a little sort of flooded area, and you might see eagles you very well might see moose, and occasionally we see bears down there. Oh, wow. Like, I travel a lot with my kids, and right now they're they're 7 and 11 years old. Are the trails good for, for families like that, or is it primarily a little bit more higher-end, a little bit more rugged type of, type of trails? Oh, they're perfect. Your kids would love it. It's very walkable. When we moved here 25 years ago, it was a bit more rugged, and you expected – uh, especially in the spring and early summer and in the fall to get your boots all muddy. And now they've really improved the trails quite a bit. So it's very easy walking and you're not climbing up mountains or anything, which is a plus when you have kids. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> next thing you know, like they get tired and then like not only are you doing the trail, you're also carrying them, you know, yes. <laughs> everything, which makes it that much harder. So <laughs> yes, we got to kind of monitor true. how difficult we get on on the trails there. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to tell you about another place that is just a little farther up the highway. It's about an hour northeast of Anchorage called Eklutna Lake. It's a glacial lake ringed by mountains. And it's just when I know people who are going to come up here and I send them pictures of what to expect, I always include a picture of Eklutna Lake because it is just so spectacular. And again, there's another easy trail right along the lake that you can hike or bicycle. You can rent bikes right out there. And then you can also rent kayaks. It is a stunning place. Um, you'll really feel like, yes, I've come to Alaska. Quintessential. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic. I, I could just picture it in my mind right now. It's, it seems beautiful. And I'm sure once I see the pictures, it'll be even, even more than what I imagine. I think so. Yeah. So one of the most beautiful drives in Alaska is driving south on the Seward Highway along what's called Turnagain Arm, which is part of the Cook Inlet in the North Pacific. And another magnificent drive. It's got a huge tidal range. So basically, you're driving along, and on your left, if you're, you're headed south, are the mountains, and on the right is the ocean. And there's a huge tidal range. And so you might be looking at sparkling ocean and occasionally with a beluga whale in there. Sometimes, you know, the tide is out and you're looking at bare mud, mud flats, which are kind of ugly, but kind of fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> That's really awesome. So like you mentioned, as far as like the beluga whales and, and everything else and other whales, I'm sure as well, come through there throughout the different seasons. Are there certain boats or, or tours that you might recommend if somebody wants to go out there and, and see some of that nature? Yes, definitely. But not there. In the Cook Inlet, we don't have a lot of tour boats because although we do get whales through there um, when they're following the salmon in July and August, a better place for something like that is um, if you keep driving down um, the Seward Highway, there's a turnoff 
toward Girdwood, which is I'd like to come back to. That's where the ski area is and, and beautiful hiking. But if you keep going, there's a town called Whittier, and that's about 90 minutes from Anchorage and well worth the time. And to get there, you, you get off the highway and you end up driving through this one-way tunnel in the mountains. It's really kind of spooky, but it's really cool. Um, and on the other side, you're at Prince William Sound. It's such a beautiful body of water. It's very clear and generally very calm. And that's why it's wonderful to take a boat tour there because you're you're not going to get too much rocking and rolling. <laughs> okay, okay. Prince William Sound out of Whittier is a wonderful place to go and see glaciers and see uh, sometimes whales, orcas, porpoises. Sometimes you will see seals, sea lions. I, I can't tell you, just so many eagles. Sometimes on shore you'll see a bear. I mean, I don't want to overpromise, but I've taken probably 10 of those tours out there, and I've never been disappointed by the wildlife. Oh, that sounds amazing. Now, you mentioned Girdwood and, and skiing. Yes, yes. So back up a little bit toward Anchorage. Um, it's about 40 miles from Anchorage. Girdwood is the name of the town, and the resort is called Alieska. That's really some of the best skiing in the area. I would say it skews a little bit toward advanced, but I'm a perpetual intermediate skier, <laughs> and, and I'm comfortable there. So with the views from the slopes, you're looking at the mountains, you're looking at Turnigan Arm, so you're looking at ocean. I mean, it's, it's really spectacular. And, and if you don't come in the winter, and, and most people, will, of course, come in the summer, the hiking is wonderful there. You can hike up the mountain and look out. I believe if you hike up the mountain, you can hop on the tram free coming down. If you take the tram up and down just to see the views, um, it'll cost you some money. But the trip down should be free. And that's really fun. And there's another trail at the base of the mountain. And this is much more of a flat trail. You know, most people who don't want to go hiking up the mountains would be happy with this. Uh, it's through the forest. It takes you out to a gorge where you're just looking down at this beautiful river below you. Oh, that sounds amazing. So all this hiking and, and moving around, you're obviously going to be working up an appetite too while you're, while you're there in Anchorage. What are your recommendations for some different places to eat while we're there? Well, there are a lot of really great places. So one of my favorite places is called the Marx Brothers Cafe. And that is a small little restaurant with only 14 tables. It's inside a historic Anchorage home that would have been built in the 19-teen. It's just a charming atmosphere right in downtown Anchorage. And the food is just really fantastic. The owners wander around. They kind of like to make sure their guests are happy. And the specialty of the restaurant is a Caesar salad. And often one of the, the owners of the restaurant will be making your Caesar salad and talking to you. And um, it's really charming. And, and beyond the salads, I mean, the wonderful seafood and all kinds of very, very creative types of, of dinner. So that's my absolute favorite. Oh, yeah, that sounds amazing. Now, obviously, being up there in Alaska and being near all the all the near the coast and all the fish and everything, I'm sure there's some great places for Alaskan trout and and some of the other local delicacies. Where would we go for something like that? One of the best seafood restaurants is called Simon and Seaforts. It's on L Street in downtown Anchorage, and they have just about every type of seafood you can imagine. Of course, most of it comes right from Alaskan waters. 
Uh, my favorite thing to eat at Simon and Seaforts is the halibut cheeks. And they serve it with a, a wonderful garlic mashed potato and some vegetables. We went there recently, and my husband had some scallops that were fantastic. Of course, besides that, they have other options, you know, other meat options and some vegetarian options. Oh, that sounds amazing. Now, say if I'm traveling with just my wife and me, and me, we're a little, maybe it's like an anniversary trip or something like that. Where would we go that's something really nice where we can go a little bit more upscale? Well, definitely Mark's Brothers Cafe would be one of those places. But another wonderful one is called the Hot Quarter Grill. This is, it's hot spelled, a, it's oat if you're pronouncing it correctly in, in French. This used to be kind of the pride of Eagle River where I live. But they ended up moving to Fourth Avenue in Anchorage, and everything there is really top notch. It's really good stuff. Again, a healthy seafood menu, uh, good vegetarian options, and um, really, they do a wonderful steak as well. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, I, I love me some steaks, so that's uh, <laughs> that's going to be high on my list. Now, we talked about earlier about going out on some big hikes for the day, and obviously, you can be gone all day. You need to have something like a little bit more substantial in your stomach uh, when you're getting ready to go out on those on those trails. Where would we go for a really good breakfast? The Snow City Cafe is a fantastic place for breakfast. And again, another place that's just tucked right downtown. Um, it's very close, actually, to Simon and Seifert's. They're very, very creative with their breakfasts and lunches. And, you know, they're really big on vegetarian options. But if you're not a vegetarian, don't let that scare you because they have all kinds of different options. And Snow City Cafe, unless you get there early, you're going to be waiting for a while. And what's kind of neat is there's a food truck right across the street. It's called El Green Goes. They have primarily Mexican food, but another nice variety of breakfast and lunch options. Oh, good, good. Yeah, those food trucks nowadays, it's not like the old school, you know, construction site stuff. I mean, it's in some cases, there's way better food at these food trucks than there is inside a lot of the restaurants yeah. around them. So true. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> now, say if, uh, if you know, we're, we're out on the trail, we're coming back and we want a little bit of like, afternoon snack, maybe something like satisfy our sweet tooth. Where do we go for that? Fire Island Rustic Bake Shop is excellent. And they have wonderful sweets, as you could imagine. But they also have some really good savory options, you know, really nice savory croissants, those sorts of things. And, oh, I love their turnovers. Um, the cookies are fantastic. And they're very creative and, and very a little bit different types of creations. So that's one place. And then, if, of course, if you want ice cream, which is always a big deal if you have kids around, there's Wild Scoops. And Wild Scoops is another, it's just some of the best ice cream I've ever had. And they, and they have local types. We have a, a wildflower here called Fireweed, and they have a Fireweed ice cream that's very good. Oh, that's really cool. I love it when they kind of mix in like the local customs or the local flavors in there where you can find something unique that you can't find anyplace else. Yes, me too. Right on. Well, Chris, I really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips for Anchorage. I learned so much and I can't wait to come out there and visit. But now it's time for the final countdown. If a traveler only had time for one meal when they visited Anchorage, where should they go and what should they eat? I would say they need to hit the Marx Brothers Cafe and get a tableside made Caesar salad that's just the best. Fantastic. Now, like you said, you lived there for about 25 years so far. I'm sure there's many amazing memories. Uh, what's one of your most memorable? 
Well, all my memories have to do with animal sightings. You can be anywhere in Anchorage and be surprised by what you'll encounter. As I mentioned before, whales in Cook Inlet. I've been in high-rise buildings in Anchorage and looked out and seen those. Moose running across a busy road. A pack of wolves that you can't see, but you can hear if you're near the river. Bears in the yard. I mean, I can't guarantee that people will see animals when they're here, but it is very common. You know, being a city boy from California, (laughs) 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 and uh, I've been here in Nashville now for four years, and I still get like excited like a little kid whenever I see deer, deer or wild turkey and those types of things in our neighborhood. So I'm sure I would just be giddy like a little like (laughs) like a little kid (laughs) running around Anchorage there and seeing all the animals. Oh yeah, (laughs) even for those of us who've lived here a long time, it's still very exciting. That's awesome. Now, speaking of happy memories and good times, uh, where's the happiest happy hour in Anchorage? The happiest happy hour is the Willowa, and that's, again, right in downtown Anchorage. There's outdoor seating, which is somewhat unusual here. There's summer bands all year round, great drinks, and then they have a speakeasy, which is is cute. You know, it's hidden away and you need a a password to get in. Uh, So how do we get the password? You go talk to the bartender. Okay, perfect, perfect. <laughs> I need to slip them a couple extra bucks and then get that password, right? No, they, they really want your business. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. Well, it, it doesn't hurt to always slip your bartender a couple extra bucks just to be nice and, and, and uh, help them out for sure. <laughs> now, one of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. Uh, what's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Anchorage? Moose's Tooth, which is named for one of the glaciers on Denali. And that is the best pizza ever. I've lived in and traveled to a lot of different places in the United States, and I still think that the Moose's Tooth has the best pizza. It's They have one called the Avalanche, which is just a fantastic kind of chickeny, barbecue pizza, but I'm kind of a pepperoni girl too, and I've never been disappointed by their pepperoni pizza. Fantastic, I know where to go when I come visit. <laughs> yes, yes, I hope you will. Now, we're gonna talk about your book in a minute, but obviously you know a lot of different travel tips based on your book, based on your personal travels and everything else. What's your best travel tip? Well, my best travel tip is just always carry snacks. You never know when you're gonna arrive somewhere too late for a meal, or you're gonna wanna get up and get going in the morning before everybody's serving. And these days, now that you have to order your food ahead of time on the the flight, sometimes we forget. So it's always good just to have some snacks in your pack. No, those are great ideas, especially traveling with kids. Uh, yes. They aren't as uh, as accommodating as adults, you know. <laughs> you know, although adults can get hangry too, you know. True. But, uh, but uh, when a seven year old or whatever gets really mad because their their belly is empty, God help you, you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's really awesome. I, we definitely pack extra snacks and whenever we travel. Chris, again, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these amazing tips. It's been such a pleasure talking to you and learning all about Anchorage. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yes, yes. So I'm a writer and I've I've lived and and written and played in the Anchorage area for 25 years. I have three books out and and the most recent book is called Accidental Adventures Alaska, True Tales of Ordinary People Facing Danger in the Wilderness. And it's 20 true tales about people who got into trouble when they maybe went out on a, a small flight or in their boat or just went out on a hike. I mean, that's the thing is mother nature does not play around, you know, so, so get, true. Yes. getting out there among the, those animals look cute and furry and, and fuzzy and you just want to give them a <laughs> hug, 
but <laughs> they don't want to hug you. They probably want to maul you. So yeah, so we're going to have to definitely check that book out. We'll link to it in the show notes for sure. That way people can go ahead and buy that and, and learn all about those amazing stories. Now, if people have questions about your books or about Anchorage, what's the best way for them to reach you on social media? On Facebook at Alaska Adventure Books. Uh, that's the very best way. I'm, I'm most active on, on Facebook. And then um, on Instagram, it's Accidental Adventures Alaska. Perfect. Well, we'll definitely link to those in the show notes. And again, Chris, thanks for coming on the show. And we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. My pleasure. Thank you, Lee. What a fun conversation with Chris. I'd love to visit someday and explore all the local hiking trails. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash Anchorage. We want to say thank you to Clear for being today's affiliate partner. Clear keeps you moving through airports, stadiums, and more with their exclusive touchless ID verification technology. Take advantage of our special limited time offer where you can try Clear free for two months. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Clear to sign up today. Join us next time as we visit Tacoma, Washington to speak with my good friend Peggy Cleveland of PeggyWhereShouldIGo.com. In this episode, we talk about the Chihuly uh, Bridge of Glass, Point Defiance Zoo, and the Tacoma Art Museum. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations.